Welcome to More Than 7 Dirty Words, the official FCC podcast. I'm Evan Schwarzdropper. As the demand for broadband and mobile data grows exponentially, so does the need for broadband jobs in every part of the internet ecosystem. From the coders in coffee shops wearing hoodies writing software, to the tower climbers who deploy cell sites, to the manufacturers who make steel towers and equipment. We've talked about tower climbing on a previous episode with the women of Nate. And no matter how high the demand for service, safety and proper training must always be front and center. Joining me to discuss safety and training in the wireless community is Dwayne McEntee, Executive Director of the National Wireless Safety Alliance. Dwayne, thanks for joining. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Dwayne, I always start out the show the same way. How did you get into this space? What's your background? I started in the industry approximately, it will be 20 years next year, actually. I came into the wireless sector as a member of a team that owned towers. And we came in, and and, uh, at that point, tower ownership was relatively new in terms of its own segment of the industry. So I was uh, privileged to work uh, with a company that um, grew, as did the industry. And over the years, uh, engineering has been kind of my predominant background, uh, engineering, manufacturing, and managing field crews and various aspects. But then I got into law, and so now I'm a, an attorney uh, representing construction contractors in this industry. Well, that's good because I always say there's a shortage of lawyers in the telecom space, so it's good <laughs> that you can help uh, address that shortage. So what is NWSA? You know, For the uninitiated who are not familiar with the group, you know, briefly – what does it do? Okay, so the National Wireless Safety Alliance is a, an organization that was formed to create assessment tools, basically tests and examinations that are based upon what the industry says is the baseline of knowledge and, and skill required for technicians to perform work. So we're an independent organization, a nonprofit that is uh, intended to make sure that workers who come through, uh, either new to the industry or existing workers, to level set the playing field, if you will, to make sure that there's a baseline of proficiency in the industry and that work is performed safely. Safety um, is a big part of our credentialing process. And when you describe it that way, it sounds like such an obvious thing that should almost exist in every single industry in the world. But part of the point of NWSA is that this wasn't always obvious. And uh, I've had the pleasure of talking to some of you and your colleagues and uh, Often people refer to the pre-NWSA days as something of a dark age for the industry. Not necessarily everything is bad, but, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, safety and there were some issues. So, and that helped inspire the genesis of the organization. So can you briefly touch on what things were like that kind of inspired you guys to put this thing together? Sure. Maybe a little bit of walk down uh, my own personal memory lane <laughs> might, uh, might help a little bit. As I mentioned, I'm coming up on my 20th year in the industry, and I've seen quite an evolution, frankly. Back my kids always tell me, your dad, when you say back in the day, we shut you off. But back in the day, <laughs> um, but back in the day, there was really kind of a, a, a segregation of industry sectors. You had carriers who had deployment um, plans. You had tower owners that were kind of new uh, in terms of as a business entity, uh, enterprise tower ownership. You had certainly contractors, large, medium, and small. And they weren't always collaborating around what was needed. Unfortunately, what that could result in is a mismatch of expectation in terms of of rapid schedule, cost, uh, quality control issues. But more importantly, it drove kind of a um, um, 
not a Katie, not completely Katie bar the door, but it was kind of a, a an issue of safety, a big issue of safety, in the sense that uh, when I when you say dark ages, I'd, I'd rather say there were dark times that existed. Yeah, um, we underwent uh, quite a quite a rapid pace at one point, and unfortunately, many people paid with their lives uh, in this industry. Workers climbing towers and uh, going back probably. Oh, I would say certainly prior to 2013, 2014, we were seeing way too many fatalities occurring in this industry. And to the extent that you're comfortable discussing, I know it's obviously a sensitive topic and almost everyone in this industry is knows somebody or is familiar with a, with a bad story, but was there a particular watershed moment or wake-up call that was kind of like the last straw that really got everyone together and said, we need to make NWSA? Sure. Um, unfortunately, yes. The answer is uh, yes, there was a, a moment. Um, it was more of an aggregated view of the industry back around 2013. Um, in the years surrounding 2013, uh, that time frame, one or two years in front or back of that, um, we had way, we had a lot of fatalities, and it, it, it garnered a lot of, in my opinion, proper attention by authority. You know, the fatality rate was very high. Uh, at one point, we were labeled as the most dangerous uh, industry in the U.S., um, that is not a uh, – you don't want to be number one no. in that regard. You don't right? always want to be number one in no, everything, right? That, that's yeah. right. So what that what that uh, forced was um, industry leadership. We're talking uh, serious industry leadership at a very high level with the carriers, um, major contractors, and small contractors, tower owners alike, um, came together in 2013 in Dallas and had what was known as what is known as a safety summit. And it was really the first time that collectively everybody got together representing multiple sectors of the industry to speak openly and honestly about what's needed in terms to in terms of changing that dynamic. Um, NWSA is a outcropping of that. You know, the the, uh, the idea of having a, a workforce that can be relied upon to, number one, you have assurance that some level of training, acceptable level of training has been performed, regardless of where it came from, that it is actually what's needed that proficiency is incorporated in that. So, you know, the industry views safety, quality, and proficiency of performance all in the same kind of bucket, if you will. You can't have a good job if it's not the right quality or if you're not getting it done on time, and certainly not if some, somebody's not coming home, right? So um, key requirement of doing a good job is that you do it on time uh, with the quality as expected and no one gets hurt. Right, and, and part of the issue maybe in the past was that there were some companies that were training folks properly, but because it's such a rapid-paced industry and people are constantly moving around to different jobs, there was no real way of knowing that if someone comes from one company, do I know what those training practices were? Am I trustworthy of those practices? Do I have to retrain the per person? Because maybe they got a certificate that was specific to that company, but now when they need to travel across the country to do a job somewhere else – Where's the communication? Was that something that was fairly common in the past that this alliance is helping to address? It, it certainly was, and to a certain degree still exists today, That's and we are trying to address that. There is an inconsistency. And you mentioned something. There was a lot of movement. There were a lot of, you know, as a, um, a deployment takes place, as infrastructure rolls out, and we're going to see it again with, with the fifth generation of wireless coming online over the coming years, we're gonna, we expect to see an uplift in activity again. With that come opportunities, right? You have you have uh, workforce uh, opportunities. People have career pathways and whatnot. But it also means that it's going to be a fast and furious pace. And we want to make sure that you know there's a standard that's that's created that is met by 
the workforce to deliver the product that's needed in a safe and, and uh, quality manner. That's, right. That's really the the crux of it. But yeah, we, there are many. There were many certifications. I call them uh, certificates that, that were issued. Uh, some training. Um, uh, in the training community, like anything else, with, when there's a large population, there are some that are better than others. But with respect to the training that was delivered to any particular worker, there was really no way of verifying the quality of that training, that it met a certain threshold that the industry expected. What the NWSA uh, hopefully serves is that mechanism for independently assessing and validating that that uh, worker, at the period of time they take a test or an exam, has met a minimum threshold of knowledge and skill. And the difference there is that you are not just a single company that is determining the credentials. It is an independent body, and it's kind of a portable certificate. If, if I have an NWSA certificate um, from working you know, in one region of the country, I can safely assume that if I go somewhere else and they see the certificate, they understand what that means. And just for the listeners who are thinking, what certification, certi- like what are you certifying? Can you briefly describe some of the certifications that – NWSA does and what that, you know, practically means from a worker perspective. If they have this thing, what skills do they have? Okay. Very, yes, I can. <laughs> so let me back up just a, a moment. So a certification program is more of a, a uh, um, an assurance of a general baseline of understanding of knowledge and skill. All right. A certificate is more specific to a, a task. Right. So what NWSA, NWSA endeavors to do is create um, cert- certifications that go to a professional who have demonstrated that a broader knowledge of knowledge of skills and ability. So that's that's a starting point. But over the course of the last, uh, let's see, 2016, at the end of 2016, we launched our first two programs, the Telecommunication Tower Technician 1 and Telecommunic- Telecommunication Tower Technician 2. We like to say TTT1 and TTT2 just because it rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. I like to say Triple T1 and Triple, triple T2. T2. <laughs> yeah, that, that works even better. Um, and then just recently, this, just this past January, we launched two more certifications. We launched a specialist certification for antenna and line installation and servicing, and also a tower foreman certification, which is designed uh, kind of as the third leg of the stool in a field crew context. You have various levels on the, the crew. The foreman is actually the person who's the supervisor in charge of a particular site while work is going on. Right. And it's what fascinates me about this system is that it actually kind of shows you the career opportunity in the training and the certification. You can see you know, where you might be headed. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but a triple T1, they've gotten some baseline understanding of a variety of different skills. They've climbed a certain height, so they're not afraid of heights. You know, triple T2, you're now maybe able to supervise the triple T1s and bring them up to speed. And then, of course, with a foreman, you can maybe manage an entire crew. And and that's not just a safety thing. That's not just a training thing. That's a career thing. You can kind of see where this is going so that it's not just a job. It's a career. And the more I train and the more experience I get, the greater the opportunity. That, that's right. And and it's important to note that the NWSA is a component of a, of a much larger industry initiative in terms of workforce development. Um, you know, there are others that, quite frankly, we, we share resources. There's a limited pool of what we call subject matter experts who participate in developing these certifications. And when I say limited number, we have a broad uh, number that actually come in the room representing carriers, tower owners, contractors of all different sizes. We have some lawyers in the room <clears throat> and, we all, and, and, and educators as well. So it's actually a pretty good section, cross-section. But what that, what that represents is those, some of those same people 
people are on kind of the front end of workforce development as well in terms of setting the, um, um, the definitional components of what is a technician one, what is a technician two, and a lot of them follow the DOL ETA um, guidelines in terms of, that's the Education and Training Administration's guidelines on apprenticeship development, uh, career path development. So we follow that, that kind of um, scheme to come into uh, workforce development. Then the curriculum is developed through an arm of that, of the industry, uh, TIRAP. You've heard of TIRAP before. Yeah, that's the uh, Department of Labor's um, apprenticeship that's program specifically for tower, that's tower industry. That's yeah. correct. And so their role in this is they're on the, kind of the front end of that process, helping define what are the components that need to be taught to, that in, to a worker in that particular role that's been defined in DOL. Then it goes into the training community agnostic of whichever you know, trainer you, whether it's an in-house um, employer training program, a third-party training company, uh, a community college or technical college providing the training. That really isn't the issue for us as a, a certification body. Once the, once the uh, individual is trained, they can see a pathway now. There's a ladder that they can climb. And our so to speak. <laughs> so, to, so to speak. No, no pun intended, I suppose, <laughs> but maybe there is. But in, in that regard, they can look at certifications that allow them to grow into the industry. And those certifications are held independent of any of those prior components that I just shared with you. They need to be because that's what makes us so different in terms of this initiative versus anything that might have been tried in the past in the industry. Right. And that, you know, collaboration, you know, I, I got to see it for myself. And thank you for inviting me down to uh, Alpharetta, Georgia, where um, NWSA was meeting. And it's it's just incredible when everyone went around the room and introduced themselves. There were people that worked at wireless carriers. There were people that worked at manufacturers. There were people that worked just in the safety space, you know, with you. There were folks that worked as climbers. And it was interesting to see the different facets of the organization all sitting in a room and hammering this stuff out. And it also, you know, speaks to the camaraderie. You know, recently Nate, uh, the National Association of Tower Erectors, which is not the same thing as NWSA. That is a Nate is a trade group. They released a video, you know, talking about this band of brothers mentality. It's maybe not something that would be obvious to anyone that hasn't climbed a tower, hasn't engaged in what could be potentially a dangerous job, but with the right safety is less dangerous. But um, is that something that you experience in NWSA when you're sitting around a room? Does everyone have like a personal connection to safety issues? Typically, yes. And the um, and, and without getting into too much detail because there's right. some sensitivity to some of this, but I would say the majority of the people that are volunteering thousands of hours, countless hours of time volunteering to develop these programs and implement them, there's been some connection to either knowing someone who has unfortunately had a, a bad incident, having maybe experienced it for themselves, you know, having fallen or something, then they survived it. But there's, there typically is a very close connectivity to an issue. Um, while we do focus on the proficiency elements, there's no doubt that we are a safety-centric um, initiative. Everyone is sitting at the table because there's something that they've had happen in their experience. Right. And in the entire history of this industry, which is not new, I mean, we're talking about, you know, towers. I mean, we've had broadcast and radio towers and TV towers for a long time. Um, but the industry has obviously changed over sure. the years. We've gone from, you know, just, you know, terrestrial, you know, broadcast and uh, radio t and TV to, you know, 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G. But, you know, this has never been done before, the NWSA. So what makes this so different than anything that might have happened in the past with this industry? Well, the, the big distinction uh, in my mind is that 
beside the independence, meaning that we're, we're not training, we don't do training. You know, actually under the framework of what's called, it's a standard ANSI 17024, which is the standard for accreditation of certification programs. This is an international Correct. accreditation that is That's, not government-led, but it's a rigorous process that that basically says that internationally now, if you've gone through NWSA, you're getting some type of credibility there. That's right, because the standard is actually an international standards organization um, document yeah. that we work to. But it provides the framework that we follow to assure that our processes are repeatable and that the outcomes from what we're doing is consistent and unbiased, right? So that, that's, that's, a, that's a big uh, kind of a technical dif- distinction. But for the worker, and this is this is what's really unique about what we're doing now. In the past, um, training would take place at various points. Maybe a certificate would be issued because somebody passed a, a climber course or they might have passed a, a, some type of a safety awareness course or something like that, and they'd get a certificate. They would typically get that through their employer organization. And if they would leave that employer and go on to the next uh, opportunity, that employer that's hiring them in probably isn't, wasn't going to recognize their prior certificates of training because there were a couple things in play there. Number one, they didn't necessarily trust that the prior training met the standards that they have set for themselves in in their own organization. People are very competitive. Very, very competitive. But two, there's a problem with uh, efficiency in that, right? Now, Now you have a worker that might, you know, depending upon how many job changes he has or where he goes in the country, may have to retrain over and over and over, which retraining is by and of itself a good thing. I don't have a problem with that, but there was confusion. Different, right. different. Um, there was variability in that. So what NWSA endeavors to do is collect this broad audience of subject matter experts to come to consensus around what needs to be certified and create a certification, a professional certification that touches on many aspects of what a technician might expect to, to be uh, asked of. So that's, that's the distinction, and it's portable to the individual. So when a worker comes in, they sit for their exams and they pass, they'll be issued a, a card. What's different about the card is it has w- one number on it, which is a unique number identifying that person. And that number tracks with that person for life. So for us, it's, it's a, an identification number for the individual. Any subsequent certifications that they may hold get added into that database, and that database is public access. So now it can be verified by any employer or any customer that's out there to see that this this individual has achieved certification. Yeah, and it's interesting to see the buy-in increasing, not just from the you know collaboration and coordination standpoint, but we're literally seeing buy-in from an economic perspective. I was you know really interested to talk to folks who've said, you know, the percentage that is required of certificate or certified employees in a contract is going up and up and up, and you're seeing companies because they value safety and safety is important. They're saying, we will not work with you unless you've got these folks with these certifications because this is this is how we can put our money where our mouth is and say that this job ain't going to happen unless safety is at the forefront. So that's also an interesting trend, you know, not just, you know, shaking hands and saying we're agreeing on things, but literally the economics are starting to shift in that direction as well. And I could speak to the uh, deliberate and meticulous nature of it because when you invited me down, I was in a room uh, where they were talking about the questions on the written exam and how we phrase them and will this give an answer away to another question. And it was so detailed and so meticulous, and I totally paid attention the entire time. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to reveal any questions here for you, those uh, listening who aspire to cheat on the test. Um, but I can just say that you know this was really an interesting process and the way that they say – 
you know, we got to distract them with this potential answer to make sure that they know the true answer. It's just, it's so detailed and meticulous. And that's partly because you want to get that international credibility. And who knows, you know, maybe you, maybe you get an NWSA certification here, you could work in another country, potentially. Potentially, potentially. We're, we're really focused on the U.S. at the moment, obviously. I mean, obviously yes. But uh, <laughs> but that, that that's correct. And and we are we are having discussions with um, our friends outside of the U.S. border that might be uh, able to benefit by this as well. I would I would say also, um, you're you're absolutely right about the the meticulous and deliberate nature of what's going on. But you know, we all get we all are educated in certain ways when we get into a new process. I had never been involved in test, um, or I should say accredited testing um, development. There is something, a word that I'd never heard of, called psychometrics. And, and, <laughs> and you know, psychometrician is a person who typically holds an advanced degree in statistics on how to use those statistics to create valid testing instruments. And in order to become ANSI accredited under the, the standard, you actually have to put the test through a rigorous statistical analysis to make sure that it's performing the way you intend it, and you have to maintain it yeah. over the course of its lifetime to make sure those questions are still valid, to, down to a question level. It's pretty, pretty, uh, a little bit like watching paint dry sometimes when you're, when you're, <laughs> but it, but it's so important to to recognize that for for um, what it does to the test in terms of validating the the veracity and the um, accuracy of the exam. Yeah, and those are things that probably 15 years ago, if you had told someone in the tower industry that we need a psychometrician, they'd probably be like, what are you talking about? Well, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they still do. <laughs> What's a psychometrician? Yeah. So, um, you know, given that we've talked so much about this NWSA organization, uh, briefly, can you describe, you know, who's a member? How is it run? You know, how are these decisions being made? Sure. Well, I would say that um, we, we like to consider them stakeholders. We don't really have membership. We're not an association right. um, by design. And But we are governed by a board, and we have a uh, board of directors and a board of governors. Uh, I'll start with the board of directors a little bit, because that, that's a. it's important to know that there are people at the reins of this organization who have a broad view of which direction the industry is heading and the value that this uh, certification program brings. So we have a seven-seat board of directors. It's on our website, all the, all the members, I won't take up time today, but they represent carriers, tower owners, and contractors. And, and so they're, they're at, the, at the helm, if you will. And then we have a 31-seat board of governors. Now, the governors actually serve a very vital purpose. They, they are the, the collectively, and when I say carriers, tower owners, contractors, certainly we have those, but we also have uh, utilities represented. We have uh, government representation on those seats. We have educators, all looking at what needs to be put into a certification. And they have the final buy-off when a task force comes together to create a testing scheme. They have the, the governors have the final buy-off to say, yes, collectively as an industry, this is what we will accept as a certification standard for, for this level in the industry. So it really is a collaborative process to validate that, number one, we're, we're hitting all the marks we need to at the level we need to, and that we're maintaining it properly. And of course, that's important because the industry is constantly changing. You know, 100 years ago, what is the technology that is being deployed is very different than today. And even 10 years ago, the, the technology, you know, 4G versus 5G, it's a very different thing with very different skills that are needed. So you're always going to be looking to update things and how can we create a new certification for this new skill that is now in demand. So it's important to be nimble, but of course, uh, meticulous as well. So, you know, some people listening to this podcast might be interested in getting involved in a job or career path that involves NWSA certification, or just in general, what's your message to folks 
that are listening to this? What should they first and foremost take away from this conversation? Well, to begin with, I would say that um, if you're contemplating coming into this industry, it is robust. There's plenty of opportunity. Uh, I know many uh, contractors right now today that if they doubled in size in terms of their workforce, they still wouldn't be able to keep up with the work that was being presented to them. So there's economic opportunity that exists with that. Yeah, a lot of broadband being deployed. Um, and, and I would also you know, ask that, that folks, especially the younger audience that might be listening to this about you know, if they're contemplating coming in, to, to take a look around. Go, go to the, the Nate website. Look at the videos that are there, the Climber Connection, Climber Conversation videos, because those are a real good taste of what it is that, that's being done. But never lose sight of the fact of why we're doing it. The U.S. is remaining its – the only way the U.S. will remain competitive in the technology um, race globally is for us to have robust, healthy networks, which means you have to have – things out there. Infrastructure has to be built to make that happen. And this workforce, I'm, I just can't tell you how proud I am to be a part of this industry and to represent many of these contractors because I see it. You, know, you mentioned the, uh, the camaraderie. It's, it is like a family. You know, the, the, the industry, for as, as big as it is, it's pretty small. And everybody does have a personal connection to something that drove them into why they're sitting at the table with NWSA. But, but frankly, to, to your listening audience, uh, it's, a, it's a field of opportunity and it's meaningful. Yeah, I, you know, I'm also I'm often struck by folks who started out climbing a tower and then started owning their own company. It's pretty incredible how, you know, over the years people uh, are able to grow into their uh, careers. So, um, last thing, any announcements, any events coming up that you want to flag? Well, what I would say is, uh, you know, kind of a preview of coming attractions. Uh, Keep a lookout for a couple new certifications that will be on deck to be worked on in, in the near term having to do with structural rigging on towers as well as structural modifications to towers. We, and for the uninitiated, what does that mean? <laughs> well, that, that basically means that you want to make sure you're able to lift loads, antennas, platforms, whatever else is going on the tower in a safe manner. You want to know how to – rigging is basically a series of – for the uninitiated pulleys and ropes or pulleys and cables, and you're hoisting equipment onto a tower. And you want to do that safely because that's a very hazardous operation. If done incorrectly, it can be right. dangerous. Yeah. And as far as uh, tower structural modifications, because of the deployments of many of the uh, uh, spectrum frequencies that are going out there, different types of antennas are required. And some of those antennas are heavier, larger surface area, create more loading on the tower. So towers have to be reinforced to make them stronger to be able to hold that equipment. Yeah, and for those in D.C. who often are made aware of a new spectrum ban coming to market because the FCC held an auction or the FCC promulgated rules to hold an auction, just keep in mind that there's an entire workforce out there that will have to deploy new antennas for that frequency. So it's important to keep in mind that um, we do need a robust workforce uh, to deploy all this new technology. Um, but we'll leave it there. My guest has been Dwayne McEntee, Executive Director of the National Wireless Safety Alliance. Dwayne, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me, and you're welcome. Find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get this podcast. Uh, please leave us a review. It'll help others find the show. Follow me on Twitter at Evan S underscore FCC. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.